It is indeed a joy to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Um, if you have a copy of the scripture, we will be continuing our systematic study of Acts. And we will be in chapter 15, covering verses 36 through 41, the end of the chapter. Prepare your hearts. This is God's word this morning for you. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brethren in every city in which we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Barnabas wanted to take John, called Mark, along with them also. But Paul kept insisting that they should not take him along, who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there occurred a sharp disagreement that they separated from one another. And Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and left, being committed by the brethren to the grace of the Lord. And he was traveling through Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Indeed, Lord, as we had just sung, have thine own, have your own way, Lord. Have your own way. Lord, we come this morning so grateful to be gathered together as your people under the authority of your word, your perfect word. The word that you have written with your own hand. And we pray that you will write that same word in our hearts this morning. That you will give your that you will get for yourself great glory. I pray for everyone who's here as well as not here. For various reasons. We lift all those people before you, and we thank you for them. Um, now, Lord, as we go through your word this morning, I pray that you will that you will get me out of the way, and that you, Lord, will speak to your sheep. Speak now, Holy Spirit, as your servants listen. Pray all these things in the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. As we navigate our way through this text of Scripture this morning, um, we have to pay special and particular attention to what we're dealing with, lest we either misread the text or misapply it. There's a lot that we can take away from this passage. Every single one of us, myself included, so we need to pay close attention. Focal text starts out after some days have passed since the Gentiles from Antioch, as well as Syria and Sicilia, received the 
a letter from the elders and apostles of Jerusalem. Upon reading it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. Now, what about it was encouraging to them? Uh, first, the false teaching that was going on there was being denounced and corrected. Bad theology hurts people. It may not hurt them necessarily on the outside, but inside, their souls are crying out for the truth. Second, because of that false teaching, there were men sent there to proclaim the truth. The men who were sent to preach the gospel remained in the places they were appointed to preach until a few days after, which is where we arrive in our text this morning. Verse 36. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brethren in every city in which we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. This was a follow-up. He wanted to revisit the people and places where he preached the gospel and see to it that they were indeed following Christ. And in addition to that, Paul wanted to revisit them and helping these fellow believers grow and mature in their faith. New believers need discipled. Truthfully, we all need discipled, but new believers especially need it. Any preacher will tell you about the importance of having a mentor or several mentors. Um, I'm fortunate to have been gifted with so many men who have helped me tremendously in my walk with Christ. And being somebody who's come from several different states, I can say that I've been tours from all over the country. Um, and praise God for them. And this is what Paul was setting out to do here. He wanted to disciple these new believers in the places in which he preached the gospel. In the next few verses, um, we see there's going to be some conflict. Uh, Barnabas wanted to take John, called Mark, along with them also. But Paul kept insisting that they should not take him along, who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Now here's one example um, as of why I would prefer something like the uh, NASB or ESB over something like the KJB for this particular passage. Um, in verse 37, um, the KJB reads, um, but Barnabas determined. Now, this isn't a proper translation of the Greek word. I feel like it's too strong a word. Um, the better word would be something like him intending or purposing to take along John Mark. 
If you'll remember a few chapters ago, um, this is not the first time John Mark is mentioned here in Acts. Um, in chapter 12, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Peter and delivered him out of prison, uh, verse 12 says that he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who was called Mark. Um, so this was his mother that Peter went to, the house of his mother. Um, and then in chapter 13, in verse 13, um, this is why Paul did not want to take John Mark along with them on their missionary journey. Verse 13 reads, Now Paul and his companions put out to sea from Paphos, and came to Perga and Pamphylia, but John left them and returned to Jerusalem. Now, did John Mark betray Paul and his companions? No. At least I don't believe he was intending to um, when he did leave there. Now, Paul, on the other hand, was upset about John Mark leaving them. But Colossians chapter 4 verse 10 tells us that John Mark was the cousin of Barnabas, which could be one of the reasons why Barnabas wanted to take him along and was upset when Paul objected to that. And as a result, uh, verse 39, and there occurred such a sharp disagreement that they separated from one another and Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. Now, Cyprus was where Barnabas was originally from, and it had a high Jewish population. Um, from Antioch, where they were at beforehand, this would take a couple of days, this journey. Um, and another thing that may can have contributed to Paul separating from Barnabas was when he, as Galatians chapter 2 verse 13 put it, he that being Barnabas was carried away by the hypocrisy of the legalistic Judaizers when Peter was confronted in his sin by Paul. And as a result, um, Paul may have thought that Barnabas was not a supportive of the Gentile believers. Now, when they had separated and Barnabas and Mark journeyed away, we have to be careful before we judge them wrongly. What did they go and do when they journeyed away? Now, the text here doesn't necessarily in indicate that, but um, if I were to guess, I would say that they were going to proclaim the gospel. Um, it wasn't like Barnabas had become a false teacher and Mark went along to, with him to spread a false gospel. I mean, that wasn't at all the case. They separated from Paul, went to Cyprus, and this is the last that we hear of Barnabas in the book of Acts. Verse 40. But Paul chose Silas and left, being committed by the brethren 
to the grace of the Lord. Now, if you'll remember from last week, we saw that Silas was a prophet who, who the church in Jerusalem had chosen to accompany Paul and Barnabas on their journey from Jerusalem to Antioch. Um, he came from a Jewish background and was a citizen of Rome, similar to that of Paul, uh, which certainly played a role in why he was chosen to journey along with Paul. With the endorsement from Jer the Jerusalem brethren, he was sure to reinforce the teaching of salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone, which has been the theme throughout the entire chapter, and I would argue throughout the entire gospel. Now we see here that uh, the sharp disagreement between two brothers, Paul and Barnabas, and it was over taking somebody along with them in their journey. Um, now, friends, uh, there's been a, there's a lot of uh, conflicts that go on from you know within uh, Bible believing church bodies. Now, whether it may be a small thing or a grand thing, nonetheless, there can be there are sharp disagreements that occur and have occurred. Now, I've heard of some very silly uh, conflicts. Um, I can recall a church uh, separating because of the color of the carpet in the sanctuary. Now, as we see, the carpet and the chairs are all some shade of blue. So if you're not a fan of blue, I'm very sorry. Um, but some churches have literally separated and broken off because of something silly and simple just like that. Just because of a personal preference. And I've also heard of um, literal church buildings being carved in half and one part of the building being put onto a moving truck and it driving to some other place and the, that other half of the building was put elsewhere and then half the congregation went there and some remained. I know some some of us laugh, but that's because that is just crazy. But sometimes that just happens, and for such silly things, that should not be the case. I mean, we come here ultimately to sit under the authority of God's word and the word preached. Its church is not about us. We don't gather at some social club. This is the body of Christ. We are, we are here to 
sit under the authority of God's word and to be gathered with one another as one body, that being Christ's body, as one people under God's word. But however, there have been some uh, church splits that have occurred because there was one side that endorsed sin and the other who wanted to stand upon the authority of God's word. Now, some of these divisions are necessary. Um, now, if we were standing on the authority of God's word and what it says, and then we've got somebody else who will denounce what God's word explicitly says, we've got a real problem here. Now, of course, the ultimate goal should be reconciliation. But what if that's not possible? Sometimes I've heard, especially recently, in recent years, um, that there have been entire denominations namely United Methodist Church has split over the issue of homosexuality. Um, now, Scripture explicitly does say that, yes, that is sin. Um, but then there were, were some within the denomination who were saying that um, you know, we should affirm that behavior. And endorse it. We we cannot endorse sin as the church because God does not endorse it. Now, am I saying that that's an unforgivable sin? Absolutely not. But but I am saying that it is sin, and we need to call it by its name, just like every other sin. Now, Paul and Barnabas separated because uh, Barnabas wanted to take Mark along with them, but when he, that they, Mark, deserted them, um, Paul didn't want that to happen again. And also, um, the people that he is going to minister to, um, John Mark went along with them. Um, now moving on to verse 41. And he was traveling through Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches. When we receive the grace of God, we not only have a duty, but a command to tell others about it. How dare we be recipients of the grace of God and keep it to ourselves? That, I believe, is the ultimate selfishness. We were not created to live that way. We were not saved so that we could live that way. We must tell the world 
of this great salvation that we received. And we must share this glorious gospel that we've been given. And we must go with the gospel everywhere we find ourselves at. And Christ commands that we go and make disciples. Now, mission starts here, but it certainly doesn't end here. And if you're not in Christ, Scripture says that you must be reconciled to God. And he commands every, everyone everywhere to repent of sin and believe the gospel. This is the day of salvation. Repent and believe the gospel. And if you have received the gospel, go with it. Everywhere. Go with the gospel. Go with the gospel. Even when these two separated, they didn't just go on and and just soak in the disgust they may have had for one another. What they did was they went on and went with the gospel. They proclaimed the gospel. And now as believers, we have been commissioned by our Lord Jesus Christ to go with the gospel, that we've received it, and now that we've received it, take it to the world, and we share this great glorious gospel. I mean, this is, this is the best news that anyone could ever hear. Now, they may not take it as such because Scripture directly confronts people in their sin. And people don't like to be, well, their flesh does not like to be uh, exposed in that nature. But nevertheless, we are commanded by God to go with the gospel into all the world. It's not our job to save them. That's the Holy Spirit's job. But what we are to do is be mouthpieces. We are mouthpieces for Christ to preach the gospel, to make his name known. And scripture says that that the Lord will himself add to the number. And now, for those who have received the gospel, we're to go with it. But if you haven't, this is the day of salvation. Repent and believe. That's my cry this morning. Repent. Believe. The gospel.
once you have received it. Once God's word is written on your heart, go with it. Go with it. Proclaim it boldly. Our Lord, we we do thank you that you so graciously gave us this gospel that we may know not only not only you but what pleases you and that we may do what pleases you this is the best news that we could ever receive that Christ Jesus died on our behalf took our sin put it on his shoulders and gave to us his righteousness that we did not deserve But we're so thankful for it. Oh, may we go with this gospel. May we go with this good news that Christ Jesus died to save sinners. We once were lost, but now in Christ Jesus we're found. Once blind, but now with brand new lenses that you gave us, through that we see. As we as we depart from this place and as we go with the gospel, pray for each and every one of us that are here and watching or listening that you will write your law your word on their hearts our hearts that we may know the truth of the gospel the one true gospel and in that you may We spread that gospel. Glorify yourself this day, now and forevermore. We pray in the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.